Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, or go online to fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can use your fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.
are for us and not against us, that nothing can ever separate us from your love, that you're the kind of God that cheers us on and roots us on and believes in us and not one that's quick and ready to condemn us or come down on us. And that's why we're here this morning to sing and to celebrate the fact that you are a good God, you are a good Father, and that you're taking care of us. And God, you're taking care of us and the children and our grandchildren and the generations to come. And that's why we're celebrating. You are so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, make your way back to your seats. And as you do, if you're watching from online, at home, or wherever you might be, welcome to you as well. We're so thrilled to have you joining us. If you would, if you're newer to Fellowship Church and you'd like to make us aware of that, you can just text uh, from any device, uh, text 94000, and then uh, type the word fellowship, and I'll lead you through a series of prompts and um, other things to kind of connect you with some of our pastors and staff, answer any questions that you might have about Fellowship Church. But we're just glad that you're here. Um, during this time, obviously, we're not passing offering buckets, but what we are doing is we have different ways to give online, and the directions for all those different ways are behind me on the side screens. You can mail in an offering. Um, you can use the offering drop boxes located throughout the property. You can text tithe. You can uh, do your church center app, all different kinds of ways. Uh, however you want to give, just be prepared to give. When our middle son was about two years old, he had this thing, and the thing was he would not eat his last bite of food until more more food was offered to him. And so one particular day stands out in my memory where Judah, we ate hot dogs, and um, Judah took his last bite of hot dog and he put it in the palm of his hand and held onto it. And his basic life plan at two years old was to hold on to that piece of hot dog until the next meal or whatever. But on this particular day, we went uh, to Lowe's and Home Depot and Sears and a variety of different places because we were looking for an appliance uh, for our home and when we got all the way done with all those different places we went, we went for ice cream and Judah opened up his hand, took out his last bite of hot dog and ate it before eating his ice cream. And this is just how he was at two years old and we kind of still have a little joke uh, about it today that says Judah doesn't like to share. It's very hard for Judah but we're trying to help him learn how to share. And it's easy to laugh about in the life of a two year old but the truth is so many of us struggle with this same concept. We wonder, is there going to be enough? If I'm generous with my time, if I'm generous with my money, is there going to be enough or will I find myself without more? when I need it. And that's kind of the basic in Judah's mind. That's basically what he was thinking. But so many of us wonder, God, are you going to give me more? If I give this tithe, are you going to give me more? If I give of my time, are you going to help me get the laundry and the house cleaned? Like if I serve in this manner, are you going to come through for me back? If I give, will I receive? But the very character and nature of our God lets us know that we will. The Bible says, probably the most famous Bible verse in the whole book is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And as his sons and daughters, that same character should be reflected in us. We should have the spirit of giving and be willing to give, whether that's of our time, whether that's of our money, and recognize that our Heavenly Father will pour back blessings more than we could ever hold on to. He's willing to lavish upon us if we'll just let go. And so I encourage you with that this morning, and let's pray over the giving. God, we love you. 
And we do know in our heart of hearts that every good thing is from you. You bless us with everything we have and we know that you are trustworthy and we can trust you to give back to you and you will fulfill your promises that you put in scripture that you are a giver and that you'll give over and above, pressed down, shaking over. God, and we're so grateful for that. There are many needs represented in this room and we pray that you would pour out provision in every category in these lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, church family, there's always a ton going on around Fellowship Church, so check out this video and get updated. Good morning, and here's some things that are happening here at Fellowship. First of all, if you're a middle schooler or a high schooler, October 27th and 28th is our special trick or treat giveaway. Tuesday night and Wednesday night, whether you're in high school or you're in middle school, we have a really incredible evening planned just for you. And it's a great time for you to invite your friends. Parents know that this is a great night for you to carpool and get all your kids' friends here in the midweek. We've got a really cool night planned with all kinds of fun prizes and stuff that is gonna happen that teenagers love. But also, it's gonna be an opportunity for us to share the gospel message with the youth of the valley. So make sure that you are doing your best to invite your friends and parents, you're doing your best to carpool and get them here next week. Also, Green Team needs your help. Our green team is our elementary age teachers that are doing service simultaneously to our adult services on Sunday morning. And I don't know if you've been back there before, but it is really, really cool. It's one of my favorite places to be on a Sunday morning because I get to see second through fifth graders worship God as well as learn about him, but then also just play and have a good time and connect. And for that particular ministry, we need some guys that will help us manage games and, and teach games and, and facilitate them before and after the services. We have some really cool elements in the kids' church area with as far, as far as a zip line, as far as a ball pit, as far as a, a foam pit, and they get to do all kinds of things from dodgeball to push off. Uh, the games that we used to love as kids, they get to do on Sunday mornings, and we need your help. So please give us an opportunity to meet you and get to know you and then allow you to minister with us on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. They have a great team back there to be a part of, but they need a little help, especially right now as we're getting ready to open things back up out of this pandemic. Also, if you're new to the church, we have a guest reception coming up November 1st. We have not been able to have one of those in a long time, but we're gonna be able to start reoccurring guest receptions on a monthly basis. And if you are new to the church, register on the Church Center app. What we do is between the services, we have a continental breakfast. We give you an opportunity to meet some of the staff as well as get a tour of the facilities. It makes the area just a little bit more uh, easy to navigate and it's really, really awesome when you can find out where you bring your kids and where the middle school and high school meet on a weekly basis. It gives you a really good navigation of the building. So please make sure that you plan to do that uh, here in the near future. Uh, if you can't make November 1st, know that we will be having them monthly, but all you gotta do is register on the Church Center app and let us know you're going so that we'll have enough food for you. God is doing some incredible things here at Fellowship Church and we want you to be a part of them. If you're watching online, thank you so much for being with us, but come and be a part. Our services are open, we have room for you, and we have all kinds of great events and activities to get you connected with each other as well as grow in your relationship with the Lord.
Good morning, church. It is so wonderful to see your lovely faces, and I want to in, uh, just welcome every one of you that are joining with us online today. I'm excited about this. We have something new uh, that we've launched on our Church Center app. If you open up your app right now, uh, you'll be able to follow along in the notes section of the app. It'll come up on the home screen, uh, so you can follow right along with the different verses and points that'll be coming up. That's really cool. It's not an excuse to play uh, like Words with Friends or Candy Crush or anything like that, um, but uh, uh, hopefully that will be something that will be helpful to you, whether you're in this auditorium or watching at home. But I'm excited about today's message. Uh, the title of today's message is, This Was Not What I Had in Mind. This Was Not What I Had in Mind. You ever had expectations and it just didn't turn out right? Every once in a while, Amelie will ask me to cook dinner. So I, what I'll do is I'll go to the frozen section in the store and I'll look at whatever picture looks the best. And it's blown my mind how many times like I, I get the picture, I'm like, she's gonna be so impressed, it's gonna be awesome, like, you know, good dad moves. And then, uh, then when it comes out of the oven later, you look at it and you like, look at the picture and like, this was not what I had in mind, right? There's, there, there's a gap here. And, and in fact, I want you to go ahead and just join with me today. I, I, need, I need your, your, your attention and your, your just participation today as we get into this. So I want you to go ahead and, and repeat this with me so we can all be on the same page. Say, this is not what I had in mind. Now, if you're sitting next to someone um, that you weren't expected to sit next to, go ahead and look at them right now and say, this was not what I had in mind. This was not what I had in mind. See, we have expectations of different things and they don't always go exactly the way that we expected. So I'm gonna go ahead and say something pretty obvious right now and it's probably the truth for you. 2020 was not what I had in mind. I, I, I think we can agree with that. I think we can because at, at the beginning of any new year, there's expectations, right? There's, there's hope, there's excitement, there's like, we're gonna do new things. It's the beginning of the new year, so I got goals, I got resolutions, I'm gonna do things. You know, at the beginning of the new year, gym memberships are up, calorie counts are down, we just bought ourselves some new running shoes and some running tights, and like, like we got goals for this year. And for every one of us, I mean, you might have different things, like, like this is gonna be the year I restore my marriage. This is gonna be the year I really get in shape physically. This is gonna be the year I, I, I really rebuild those, mar those relationships with my kids. And it's like, nah, brah, you're gonna be sitting at home this year. That's what you're doing. So go ahead and just take your calendar and throw it in the trash because what are you gonna do? You're gonna be quarantined, you're gonna sit at home. So it's like, I, I had these plans, right? I'm gonna start running. I'm gonna run like five miles a day. I'm gonna get healthy. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna work on it. And now you're sitting at home. It's like, this is, this is not exactly what I had in mind. 2020 started off weird, right? In 2020, I mean, it began with millions of acres of Australia burning with wildfire. It continues on now with, with California, with, with much of the West Coast, with Colorado burning with wildfire. 2020 began with our president going under two articles of impeachment. 2020 uh, began with a global pandemic and quarantine, right? And that's just on the macro level. 
That, that's, that's just the big stuff we talk about. Not, not even getting into the micro level that for each and every one of us, we experience the pain of this on a different level. Because what does that mean when we're under quarantine, when there's, when there's a global pandemic, when there's all these things going on? It, what it means is on the micro level, we're talking about personal pain, personal loneliness, per, personal frustration, when the, the goals you have, the resolutions you have, they're, they're falling apart right now. Personally, these things are falling apart. It's like, like, like I, I was gonna do better at work, I was gonna get the promotion, and now you got laid off. Uh, I, 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 was gonna, I was gonna work on my marriage, I was gonna work on these things, and now you, you, it's like all of this coming together, it's like on so many different levels, this was not what I had in mind. In fact, uh, I brought this up to our staff and one of our pastors wrote a beautiful, he, he put some words to this and I think it can really describe how we feel in 2020. Take, take a look at this. These months have seemed like years, less laughs and more tears. It seems like the streams of life are flowing through paths disguised by the development of disappointment at every onset. Yet I smile through the day as if to say, it will be okay but in my mind I can't unwind. I'm tired of solving the unforeseen problems and calamity that come upon me. Unwanted catastrophe seems to lurk behind every conversation, a persuasion to get me to see the world like the enemy. It seems at the first sight of light, the night comes back and on the attack with yet another thing that I didn't see coming. The mask I wear might as well cover my eyes because I don't have the sight or perspective to see or deal with the unexpected. Jobs are changing, the market may or may not be crashing. The ruse the news spins is pulling me in a thousand different directions and don't get me started on any elections. When in the deepest part of my heart, it yearns for a God connection. And it's not just the mainstream, but the side streets that have me guessing. Every sneeze or cough can seem as life-threatening. Every phone call from family has a new issue that needs my addressing. There's just too much happening. How can my world continue to spin when the promises of last year have yet to happen? How can my life get better when the unforeseen hold me by its tether? How can my heart restart when I can't protect it from the unexpected? When there is so much hitting me at eye line, I wonder if there's still a greater sight than looking around at what is at my height. And even as the thought of lifting my eyes above my disappointment hits my brain, a change is looming, a curiosity moving me. I'm like a hunter, I wonder what is over the next ridge beyond this thick and dark timber. And as I lift my eyes up, a truth rises up that though my disappointment was high, my God is still higher. Though the unexpected raged its war on my heart, I was still being fought for. The truth that what I thought surrounded me was indeed besieged by a greater surrounding. The things I think are over me have someone over them. The disappointment, the discouragement, the deception that loomed over my head have the creator of the universe looming over their head the one most holy, the savior of the world, loosing faith, freedom, and hope, the great I am is still on the throne. And with God on the throne above and the Holy Spirit residing inside me below, it's not my disappointment that surrounds me, it's God that surrounds it. So I will no longer let the unexpected take my perspective. I will no longer let disappointment's gong stifle my song. I will lift my eyes above what is worldly to the one who is worthy, and he's still God over 2020. Man, 2020 has been a year, right? 
This, this could have had a different title. I was thinking about title in like 2020, yeah, year in review, but we're only in October, so there's still like more to go. Uh, and, and thinking about this, it really, it makes me have to come to a, a foundational pay, uh, place as a Christian of realizing this is where I need to point myself and I need to point my soul and I need to point my eyes towards scripture because what we're going through now is nothing new to God. God's not in heaven going, oh, oh, oh my self, what, what are we gonna do here? Like, I, I, I don't know. This is a church joke again, they come out every week, I'm sorry. Oh myself, what am I gonna do here? It's like, this is nothing new to him. This is not, not like he hasn't seen this before. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So I wanna take a look at scripture today uh, from an Old Testament prophecy book uh, by the name of, uh, of Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter six, I believe it's relevant because we see what took place in Isaiah chapter six. It, there's so much that you and I can pull out of it for this season of our life, for 2020, for your life personally right now. And you might be going, 2020 is great for me, but there's gonna be seasons in your life if this isn't the year where you go through difficulty and there is so much that you can pull from this. So I wanna pray right now, I just wanna invite every one of you to pray with me that, that we would hear straight from God as we get into his word. His, the Bible says his word will not return to him void. That means if you will, will hear the word of God and allow it to affect you, it will change you. You don't need my opinion. You don't need anyone else's opinion. We need his. So let's, let's ask him to speak to us right now. Heavenly Father, we pray as we get into your word right now that you would speak to us we don't need the opinions of man and we don't need the opinions of Dan. What we need right now is your word in our lives to change us. So help us, God. Give us perspective as we continue moving through this season. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter six, verse one says, it was the year King Uzziah died. And maybe for many of you, that's, that's the year you're experiencing right now, the year of the unexpected. Like, it was the year that something died in your life. Like, I, I, I didn't see this coming. This, this really wasn't what I was thinking right now. Like, in 2020, really was not what I was expecting. This is not the way this was supposed to go. I have my goals, I have my plan, I have my, my to-do list, my checklist. This is the way things are gonna happen. Like, we're supposed to be going up and to the right. I'm stuck at home right now. This is not the way things were supposed to be. It's a, it, it, it was the year King Uzziah died. Now, let me pause for a moment because I believe there's something very powerful in the fact that this king had a name and this name had a meaning. King Uzziah, the name Uzziah means strength. It was the year that what I thought was strong died. He, he, He's giving us a little context. He's giving us a little reference about what's taking place in his life right now. He had something unexpected happen to him. He had a king, something powerful, something strong. A king that was named for strength. In the year that, that maybe you've been in a year where, where what you thought was strong died. And in this year where I thought what was strong died, I realized where true, what true strength really looks like. 
And that's what I want to speak to you about today, and I hope that that will sink in. So I want to say it again. In the year that what I thought was strong died, I realized what true strength really looks like. Because the verse, as we continued on, says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And maybe this year God has been removing some things from your life that you have been relying on for strength and you've been going back to and you've been trusting in and putting, putting your confidence in for strength. And God is removing some of those things from your life because he's trying to show you where true strength really lies, what true strength really is. So I wanna encourage you that, that there is no one stronger than our God. There is no one stronger than our Heavenly Father. There is no one stronger than Jesus. So in a year where it looks like everything is falling apart and what you used to put your trust in has died, there's one who is stronger. Because for some of us, we would look at our lives and, and we check our bank accounts and go, this is where I, I feel like my strength comes from. I got six months buff, buffer in the bank account, so it doesn't matter what happens to the economy. I'm good. Maybe you're looking at a relationship and you're thinking, I really I, I trust this part of uh, these relationships, these friendships I have in my life. I can always fall back on them. I can always have them. And, and may, maybe you have some areas of your life where you're going, man, it feels like this year those things completely just fell apart but in 2020 God is showing us what real strength looks like because in 2020 we've discovered that hope has a name that joy have a, has a name, that peace has a name, that comfort has a name, that strength has a name, and that name is Jesus, and that name is stronger than anything that we have ever put our trust in in the past, anything we've ever put our hope in in the past. Because man, we look for the stuff. We, we, we look for comfort in so many different areas. We look for confidence and, and the likes on Instagram and, and we look for, for comfort in, in prescriptions and, and drugs and relationships. So we, we look for it in all these different areas but sometimes the things that we look for, and they're not even bad things. We just put our trust in things that we think are strong. Because even in this last year, I'll tell you, I, I used to feel like our education system was strong, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting notes from the school district, and I'm supposed to download apps and download stuff onto my computer, and they're nominating me to be a homeschool teacher. <laughs> like, no, this is your job. You're supposed to teach my kids. You're supposed to, like, like I am a terrible homeschool parent. I will tell you that. It's like... I'm supposed to sit down with my kids and teach them stuff that I never learned. <laughs> so I ditched that class. And, sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. You should go to school, kids. I'm telling you, you need a good education. My daughter's looking at me like, Dad, how, how do you do this? I'm like, I, the, the school system, our education system, I, I believed it was strong until all of a sudden it's not anymore. Man, I believe my family was strong. I believe my marriage was strong. And now all of a sudden, you spending hours and hours 
and hours and hours and hours and hours just staring at one another and you start to realize the things you used to do to go pacify yourself or distract yourself from your dysfunction, you can't do anymore. So now you have to just face the dysfunction that's in your family and you're going, I thought my family was strong, but good Lord, how much time do I have to spend with these people? I thought my, I thought my kids' teachers were wrong about them, right? And then you start spending some time like, maybe there was a little truth to some of that. I'm not talking about my kids, you know. <laughs> so, man, I thought our economy was strong. And then one little virus, and, and now people are getting laid off. One little virus, and people are looking for plan Bs and plan Cs, and where am I gonna move to, and how am I gonna make ends meet? I thought our healthcare system was strong, and, and, and now they're telling us, don't go, don't go to the hospital, there's not enough room, we're supposed to flatten the curve. No, I thought you were supposed to flatten the curve. I thought like, like, like we put our trust in so many different things, in these different things that we think are strong. It's, in my perceptions, there were some things that were strong, but now instead of turning to a building, now instead of turning to a relationship, now instead of turning to a prescription, I've learned in 2020, it's time to start turning to the name of Jesus. It's, try, it's time to have a foundation of turning to the one where there's real strength. Because I'll tell you, it's like, we, we start the year off going, this is gonna be a year I'm gonna build something. I'm gonna build my health, I'm gonna build my marriage, I'm gonna build my relationships, I'm, I'm gonna build this business. But here's what we didn't realize is when God really wants to build something in you, he will take you all the way down to do the dirt work and he will break things down first because maybe the foundation of what you're standing on is not strong enough for what he wants to build in you. So what do we learn in 2020 is what you thought was strong is not strong, but there is one who is stronger and the name of Jesus is the name that we turn to when we need strength. The Bible tells us this so clearly and this is such a beautiful and powerful message and if you're with me, hear this, let it sink into your heart and respond to it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. Man, what have you been running to where you thought it was your strength? What have you been running to where you were thinking, this is where I'm gonna have my confidence, this is where I'm gonna get my peace, and this is where I'm gonna get my hope from because for a Christ follower, I have learned that it is Jesus and it is only Jesus and he will not be replaced by anything. And in 2020, some of us are going through so much of what we're going through because God is teaching us that the foundation of our life is on brittle, brittle ground. And he's saying, no, I wanna put you on the rock. Because what I wanna do in you, you're gonna have to have some strength. You're gonna have to have some backbone. And I can't put backbone on something that's not weak enough to, to handle it. So you have got to be standing on Jesus. Always, only Jesus. Always, only Jesus. I love the way that this verse is read in the King James Version. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also. Guys, there's more to see. 
There, there's more to see. See, when, when, when you're going through a struggle and things don't go the way that you expected them to, when things don't go, this is not what I had in mind, when we go through things like that, what, we, what can happen is we can get trapped in an isolated narrative. We, we can get trapped because when you, when you go through pain, pain can restrict your sight into such a way where you don't see the whole picture. Do you know what I mean by an isolated narrative? Uh, kids are really good at isolating a narrative. How many of you have, have kids in here? Yeah, online, uh, if you have kids, put up like praise hands or cry face, either one. It doesn't matter, it's like, I guess it depends on the day, right? But uh, if you have kids, you understand they'll give you an isolated narrative. Because when I was a younger parent, when my kids were younger, I, I used to not understand this. So what would happen is my kids would come to me and one of them would be like, she hit me. She pulled my hair. She hit me. And I used to get mad. I'd get on to the other one, right? And I'd be like, why'd you hit her? Why'd you pull her hair? And see what that was, is that was, that was immaturity because I was looking at the situation through an isolated narrative. Now that I'm a little bit older, not saying I have it all together, dear Lord, I don't. But one of the things I've learned as my kids have gotten older is when, when there's been a problem now, like, like, cause I would have older parents tell me like, you're not asking the right questions here. Cause there's questions you should ask. So when your kid comes to you, you're like, she hit me, she threw my doll in the toilet, she, she pulled my hair. Now I have a different question that I ask before I act on anything. I say, what did you do first that caused her to hit you? Because what are you doing? You're isolating a narrative. You're just showing your side of the story. You're showing because of your pain, your perception of what has taken place, and you're only getting half of the truth. Guys, the news is an isolated narrative. Facebook is an isolated narrative. Instagram is an isolated narrative. I just want you to see a, a portion of the truth. I want you to see what I wanna portray to you so that you get on my side and you look at me. I hope this sinks in. I hope you know it's like those people that you're looking at on Instagram where you're like, their kids are always dressed perfect and looking beautiful and there's always a smile on the face and the food is cooked and the house is clean and all that and that's what they're presenting on, on Instagram. It's an isolated narrative. You're not seeing when they're cussing their kids out going, if you don't sit down next to your brother and smile right now, you're not even gonna get dinner. Take the picture, click. Man, hashtag goals, life, family rules. Yes, hashtag best mom in the world ever. Now go to your room and clean it up. It's an isolated narrative. What does pain do in your life? Pain restricts your vision into an isolated narrative. You believe just a portion of the truth. So now because of pain, I can't see things right. So now because of the pain of what I've gone through and, and because one man cheated on you, what now, now all men are bad? You have one bad boyfriend, I'm done with guys forever. <laughs> that was not my point. <laughs> so, 
Because we can get in this isolated narrative of, uh, because one thing happened. I, I went to church and that pastor didn't shake my hand and now all church people are jerks. Like, you have one friend betray you and now, now no one can be trusted. Like, so now what's happening is God is sending good people around you to be a support to you, to love you, to have your back, to show you encouragement. And, and, and what can happen is we can miss the good, we can miss the whole truth because we're stuck in this little isolated view of our own pain. See, see, pain restricts the vision. Now we can't even see our kids right and we can't pour into our kids' lives right and love on them the way they need to be loved on and guide them in the way they need to be guided because we're viewing life through pain. See, pain can restrict your vision, but another thing that pain can do, because you can flip this around, and this is the good news of the gospel of Christ, another thing that pain can do is pain can, can clarify things. Pain can also produce clarity. Because Isaiah saw something that he had never seen before. He was able to see the Lord also. Now get this, he didn't see the Lord when, when everything was going right. He saw the Lord in the midst of pain. It was, it was the clarity that allowed him to write scriptures like, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Well how can you write that Isaiah? He said because I saw it. I saw it, I saw, I saw that God is still good and God is still seated above all. He, he, he's on the throne above all things. I saw that he's good. See, he, you can see things differently when you, when you start to look at the whole picture because what is the whole picture? For Isaiah, we see it, that it was this, in the year that King Uzziah died. That's where a lot of us put the period here in the story. Things didn't go my way, strength died, period. There's not a period in the text here. It's a comma. The sentence isn't over. God's not done yet. He hasn't finished talking yet. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Man, we should give God praise for that. We should give God praise for that, church, because do you know what that means? That, that means that, that when you look at your life through an isolated narrative and you start seeing all the pain that's taking place and the people that have betrayed you and the hurt that you've gone through and the job that you lost and the opportunity that went away and all the struggles with your health, when you look at all of that, you can look down here on a lower level and just pain, 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 but or you can choose to do what Isaiah did and you can look above it all and you can see that God is still seated on the throne and he still has glory that fills the temple and he's still above it all and he is still God even in 2020 when you're struggling, when you're frustrated, when things aren't going your way, Jesus is still our king and he deserves some praise for that. He deserves some acknowledgement out of the lips of believers to where we're not just talking about politics, we're not just talking about what we're seeing on the news or the way things aren't going the way we want to. He deserves our mouths to open up to speak the fact that whatever was over us, hold on a minute, we still have a God that's over it. Man, people will tell you things when you're going through struggles and they mean it good intention. Oh, God will get you through it. 
God will get you through it, but I wonder, and there's a lot of you, you, you've gotten through some things, but I wonder, have you gotten over it? There's a difference between getting through it and getting over it. And if you haven't gotten over it, whatever you haven't gotten over, it's, there's a possibility it's still over you. So it's like, yeah, I got through that divorce, I got through that betrayal, but, but I'm not over it yet, I'm still hurting. And if that, whatever that thing is that's still over, what is he saying? He's saying, I saw the problem, but over that, seated above that, above all, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus is still on the throne. He's still over whatever difficulties and disappointments I have faced in my life, he is still there. And out of this place, he begins to get clarity and begins to say what he sees. He says that, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That's Isaiah 9. He goes on in Isaiah 42 and says things like, when you go through deep waters, you will, I will be with you. And when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned by the flames. The flames will not consume you. His clarity came through the authority that was given to him through his pain. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying some of the pain that you're going through right now is a setup for God to give you the authority to speak the power of his love and his protection no matter what you go through to other people. Because then when you say, listen, um, I've been through a divorce, you're gonna make it on the other side, that comes with authority. Because if you're just, ah, oh, you're gonna make it through this addiction, hey, who's to say I'm gonna make it through this addiction? But when God uses you through your pain and you get clarity there, you can then speak with power and say, no, I know because I was in addiction and God walked me through it and God got me out of it and he is my deliverer. So I speak with authority when I tell you he is still God and he can still get me out. And some of you are looking right now going, why am I going through all this difficulty? Maybe he is girding you up with authority and strength that you didn't even know you needed. Because there's a season coming in your life where you're gonna be the mouthpiece that he uses to help other people. Where, where, where you're gonna be the example where people are looking at you going, how'd you make it? I, I made it because he's good. That's all I know. Not because I'm strong, not because I got it all together, but because He's good, so whatever you're facing, you, you have a choice. You can look at the difficulty, or you can look at who's above it. Because it was the year that King Uzziah died, and this is the choice. You have to choose if losing a king makes you blind to the king. If losing a job makes you blind to the king. If losing an opportunity makes you blind to the king, if losing a relationship makes you blind to the king because there's still a king, he's still seated on the throne, he's still above it all. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne in the train of his road, filled the temple. You have a choice. You can look at the problem or you can look over it. Before we close, I wanna kinda of change gears a little bit and jump a couple verses down because uh, there's something here, and I, I don't wanna sit on this for very long. We don't even have the time for it, but I wanna just leave it in your lap today and, and see what God does with it. Um, 
Because we see in verse one of Isaiah chapter six, it says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw. So in verse one, he sees. If we jump down to verse three, it says, then one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy. So in verse three, uh, Isaiah hears. And then in verse five, it says, so I said, so then Isaiah speaks. So in verse one, he sees. In verse three, he hears. In verse five, he speaks. This is the question I have for you. I wonder, what would our world be like if we took this pattern and we first saw and then listened and then responded? I just thought in this political year, it might be something very good to bring up to our church. What would it look like if you saw what God was up to, and listened to what he was saying before you spoke. Because we do it opposite. I got a lot to say, I'm gonna speak, I'm gonna hold my sign up, I'm gonna wave my flag, I'm gonna do all that. And then I'm gonna look around and I'm gonna see what, how it affected other people and I'm not gonna listen to any of it. But what if we take the pattern of what God does with his people and we listen, or we, we see what God does, we listen, and then we respond. You know what happens? With Isaiah, what happened was, is very clear and it's very powerful. He, what do you wanna know about a man who, who sees God and then hears God? What does he have to say? Because to me, that grabs my attention. What, what is, what's he gonna say then? If he's seen God and he's heard from God, I wanna know what's the man have to say. So he said, verse five, woe is me. Whoa, whoa, uh, for I am undone. Uh, like he, he's realizing I am jacked up, right? When you see God and you hear what he has to say, you're like, whoa, 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 I am messed up, I, I am undone, I am a man of unclean lips, I am, I have, I've got some problems in my life and I need Jesus, I need help, I, I've got problems, I need, but, and it's so important that we catch this. He says, woe is me. He didn't say, woe is you. Because let me tell you the temptation a lot of us have is the first time we get a revelation in our life where God starts to show us something, the, the temptation we have is, man, she needs to hear this. So you call up someone else and tell them what they need to do with what you heard from God. Have you ever done that? Are you doing that right now? Going, man, I wish so-and-so was listening to this message right now. <laughs> like, like hold, hold on a second. We receive revelation for reevaluation of what God wants to do in each of our lives personally. That is the purpose of God speaking to us. He wants to work on us. He wants to change us. He wants to, he wants to do things in us because a true response to a true encounter with God is that we would take a look on the inside. We would evaluate on the inside and say, God, change me. God, help me. God, I need to be fixed. God, I need to be clean. God, I need to be changed. And we can't put that on other people because people all the time, they get all church and they're like, brother, you need to be up 4.30 in the morning reading the Bible every day. That's what I do. I get up at 4.30 in the morning reading the Bible. I'm like, bro, he told you that. He did not tell me that, okay? That's between you and him. He told me 9 p.m. and I'm fine with that. 4.30, I'm getting up and doing nothing. A true response 
to revelation as we reevaluate ourselves and recognize, God, I need, I need change. And that's what I wanna close with today is because a lot of us, we look at Isaiah's life, if you're familiar with the scripture, and we do this with our own lives, and we think, we just want to skip to verse eight. Because if we have verse eight, let's put it on the side screens. This is a verse many of us know. It says, also are the verse of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And we, we get saved, we start a relationship with God and we start praying prayers like this. God, send me. God, give me the influence on my job. Give me the influence in the boardroom. Give me the responsibility in management. Send me, I'll do it, I volunteer as tribute, right? Like, I'll do this thing. Give me the resources and give me the money so I can handle the money properly. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. We wanna get to the place where we're like, God, use me. And there's nothing wrong with that, that's a good thing, but but what we do many times is we try to skip the process of seeing God and having him use us. And that process is a process of purification that is found in verses six and seven. And it says this in verses six and seven, it says, then one of the seraphim flew, flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with, from the with, sorry, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sins are purged. So God purified Isaiah. God convicted Isaiah. God changed Isaiah. And too many of us skip this step. So before you go to praying, God, use me, you've gotta first pray, God, change me. Before you get to the place like, God, give me more resources, give me more influence, give me more power. It's gotta be God, purify me. God, get the ugly out of me. Get the junk out of me. I need a solid foundation to stand on because I know whatever you give me, if I'm not ready for it, it'll destroy me. So God, change me so that you can use me for your good. So 2020 might not have been the year that you had in mind. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. 2020 might not have been the year that you had in mind, but it can be the year that you see Jesus at work. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love and I thank you that your word is living and active and this word from so many years ago is active for us today and God, for so many of us that have been struggling, we just pray right now that we would see you. I pray for a perspective shift right now in Jesus' name for people who have been looking at all the problems of the world, everything that has been lost and all of our pain. I pray for a perspective shift that we would look above that and we would see that you are still on the throne you are still God, you are still above it all and that God, when this season passes, you are still gonna be above it all. So our prayer right now is that you would touch us that you would purify us, you convict us, and you change us so that we're not just looking for God, use me, give me more influence, give me more of that, give me more of this, but no, 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 we're just praying, God, 
what is it you wanna do in our lives? I pray that you'd speak that into each of us individually. Bless our church, bless us as individuals. Help our city, God, as you help us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give him a shout of praise. I wanna thank you for being here with us today. I wanna thank you as well for joining with us online. Um, If this is your first time joining with us, I wanna encourage you, text the word heaven to 94000. That's 94,000, and we can get you a lot more information. But thank you so much. Can't wait to see you here live in person. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or you need prayer, We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.